Hey guys, on this episode, we have Jordan Gill from System Save Me talking about how to use VIP days and intensives to grow your service-based business. We talk about the pandemic and how she shifted her company to continue to grow during this time, and also the mindset shift that she's adopted to help scale her company uh, to the next level. Go ahead and listen, enjoy. This is The Marketing Natives, providing actionable ways to grow, improve, and succeed in your business. And now, your hosts, Christian and Aaron. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of The Marketing Natives. Today, we have a special episode. We have Jordan Gill, owner of System Save Me and the host of System Save Me podcast, where she helps one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. Uh, Jordan is a graduate of KU, which we love, and a lover of all things pineapples. <laughs> Jordan, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Aaron and Christian. I'm super excited to get to chat about business. Obviously, it's a it's something that I could geek out about all day, every day. So I'm just super honored to be here. Awesome, thank you. And for those who don't know, so the system saved me. Um, maybe that seems uh, like pretty straightforward for people like us. But like, can you tell us a little bit about your business? What specifically you do? Who you serve? Totally. So yeah, systems are very broad uh, and can feel like a very complicated, intricate, secretive sort of word. Um, and But really all systems are is just chronological steps toward a goal. Um, and so when you think about it that way, it's, it's a lot more simplified. But specifically for me, the systems that I work with generally are client management systems. So I work generally with service providers. Um, they tend to lean as seasonal. So like tutoring companies, wedding planners, like those sorts of tax professionals, those sorts of folks. Um, so during their off peak season, we will look at their client management process in its entirety and streamline and automate as much of the process as possible. So that way they can just show up and really just focus on the part that they're good at and that they enjoy doing. Um, so that's really the main system that I help people with. I'm not big with launches or stuff like that. Um, so I I like the, uh, the client experience because I don't know about you, but when you experience a company that just does really well, like a Nordstrom, a Disney, a um, Ritz Carlton, um, I even would put Starbucks in that category. Like, the customer experience and client experience that you have can make a client for life or can make a customer for life. And so the, the process of creating a really stellar client management process can really set you up to have like lifetime customers and clients. So that's why I, I get jazzed about it. That's what I could geek out about. Um, so that's really the system that I focus on. But of course, I know and have done other systems as well. Dang. Yes. And I was going to say, and it's, I don't know, I think it's more, it's, it's so refreshing. Like whenever you come into a business. So like before I feel like I look at this as like one of those little maps of like somebody from peanuts who has all like the, the dirt and like all the squiggliness above their head. And then like you leave afterwards and it's just got clarity of like yeah. what to do in the business. Um, so I think you just like help simplify things. Um, and it really wasn't until, you know, we talked to you or fellow found you that we really started to digitize or like make our systems more digital and let our stuff do work for this, our clients. And we just kind of optimized over time, but it was really you who kind of introduced this to us. And it's been, I don't know what we'd be doing now. It'd be, it'd be more frustrating, <laughs> I guess, than anything. Right. Exactly. That, that tends to be it because a lot of us don't go into business to become our own glorified secretaries is what I call them. Like no one really likes to do all of this, like, trudging like sludge just like uh like i don't like to do it and most of my clients don't like to do it where it's like these small little intricate details for every single little client and it's like you know i'm a very forgetful person and that's actually why i'm like praise systems because like i that's just like not um you know, if I don't think about it in the next five, 10 minutes, like it's gone. And so I have to create systems in order to stay consistent and to stay streamlined and to know what I have on my plate and what I don't. And so I say that because a lot of people think like, I'm just like this robot person who like knows all and, you know, can juggle tons of stuff, but really my systems are the ones that are juggling a lot of it. And I can just show up and be present in my zone of genius, um, versus having to deal with all the nitty gritty stuff. How did you get started with 
uh, systems. I mean, you just mentioned that, right? That's kind of like a, where you want to live in and, you, you know, you want to be organized. And if you're not, you know, you kind of miss some things. Um, yeah. How did that come about? And how, I guess, do you have any background experience on dealing with these type of things? Yeah, so I actually started in the nonprofit space after college. Um, I've never set foot in corporate. The first time I set foot in corporate was actually a Southwest Airlines Halloween party. Um, and it was like, oh my gosh, this is what people are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when I uh, worked for nonprofits, um, they both were sports oriented. And I, every position that I had before becoming an entrepreneur was a position that wasn't previously um, occupied. So I was in charge of figuring out what this position even was, like what are the expectations for it? You know, what are the goals associated with it? And creating a lot of like, operations type manuals and I didn't really recognize how actual actually powerful or how different of a skill set that is than in other areas until um, my last job before I became an entrepreneur which was working for an online marketing company and she just realized that every step of the way I had a system for it and she's like do you just create systems and I was like yeah don't you and she's like no um so uh she was like can you just create systems for anything and I'm like probably uh and so then from that point on uh my role changed from um head of content which was actually more writing my background is journalism um and so I would write all of her courses all of her programs and her webinar scripts all of that stuff and then um I transitioned into pretty much a head of operations where I was going into the different departments in her business, streamlining it, and then bringing on somebody else to um, hire and maintain that actual process that I created. Because I, I recognized fairly quickly that I'm, I'm not a good maintainer. <laughs> so you guys are probably like, what kind of systems person are you? Um, forgetful and not a maintainer. But I'm just really open and honest about it because I think again, like, people have this, uh, I don't know, um, visual of just a person who just like has all their stuff together. And the reason I do preach systems is because I don't have all of my ish together all the time and that's okay. And that's the point of systems. And so, um, I, I noticed that I'm really good at the structure side of it. I'm really good. And I think in a lot of areas there's, you know, you think of even like website designer stuff, like there's usually people who are really great at you know, the structural, like the, the user experience, the, all of that stuff. And then there's people who can actually go out and build it. Um, and that's what's great about you guys. You guys can do both. And so like, I recognize that I am a structure person and not a maintainer. So for me to come on your business and just build systems month after month, you're going to think I'm a terrible systems person because my, one of my biggest strengths, I'm a big strength finders person is oh, yeah. focus um focus it, it's always been even as many times as i've taken the test and as it's had slight changes focus has always been in my top five no matter what and that's because i can sit there for a short amount of time really focus really hone in on something and like knock it out much faster than if it's like dripped out over months and months and months and years if you're like doing you know really long retainers and so I was just like, okay, like I can't do any projects past three months because then my focus dies down. And, um, you know, I think business is such a journey of self-awareness um, mm -hmm. and you become more and more self-aware the longer you're in it. And just being more honest about where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are and how to compensate and how to build a business that really does support your strengths and just kind of like either let's go of your weaknesses or you hire out for your weaknesses, whatever that looks like for you. So you mentioned something there about like the retainers and like playing to your strengths. So did you start out with retainers? Have you changed that? What's what, like, I, I'm assuming you have, because you said you don't do the retainers aren't really your thing anymore. So what is yeah. it, what does it look like for you now? Yeah. So it took me about five months to realize that retainers are not <laughs> my thing. <laughs> um, and it came from, I, I started my business May, 2016. And then by September, 2016, um, I had four monthly retainer clients at the time and three out of the four were launching products like six figure like these were seven figure businesses i was working for these were six figure launches and they oh all gosh. were launching in september okay no <laughs> i was like 
count me out. I never, ever, ever want to do this again. Um, and so, and as a systems person, it's like all the tech crazy. So, um, I was like, yeah, we got this to go from here. So I let go of two clients, kept two. It's basically like, what is the bare minimum I need to like live? Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to like rebuild something from there. So, um, I then start to learn about intensives and VIP days. Um, cause I signed on a sales coach and she did an intensive with me and I was like, this is interesting. And I started to like be really intrigued by them, but I didn't see anybody in like the operations or system space doing them. So I was like, Oh, I feel like, you know, you always hear like go into markets that like already exist because they're already proven and all that stuff. But I was just like, well, I'm just, I'm a kind of a trailblazer. I'm a little bit of a rebel, so I'm just going to try it anyway. And if it flops, like whatever. And so, um, I then moved fully into VIP days and intensives. And while it took about five or six months to get it to the leveled out point, um, you know, I have not had a monthly retainer since early 2017. Um, wow. and that feels so good. <laughs> so, yeah. So nobody to answer questions to or anything like that. So the VIP days, like, and like that kind of intensive, what does that look like for you now? Has that changed at all since, like you said, um, very early on, have you focused more on a certain type of VIP day or intensive yeah. or what is that? So I, the VIP days, they used to be about four hours. I've now moved them into about six hour containers because um, I'm just getting a little bit more of a, um, I guess, a broader clientele than I did in the beginning. So like it was a lot quicker and a lot easier to kind of churn and burn them um, because the process was basically the same for all of them. And so now I'm getting a little bit more intricate businesses. So I've added on two hours. So now my VIP days are six days. They're virtual, um, just like a Zoom room. And I take remote control of their computer or um, we kind of like work together simultaneously. So it's almost like a virtual co-working date, um, which uh, a lot of my clients really like because what I've noticed is, especially in the systems realm, is a lot of people will hire a systems person. They'll go back in their lair. They'll like make it and then they'll just be like, here it is. And then the person's like, well, I have actually no idea what you just built. So <laughs> great, but also not great. And so that's why I do intensives with somebody. So they are literally seeing me build and seeing me touch everything. And while they're not retaining it, it just gives them more confidence to know like generally what's going on. Plus they get the recording of that as well so that they can go back and reference it um, later on. And so that, and I'm really big on breeding confidence in your clients and figuring out, okay, how can I make this as transparent of a process as possible? How can I be super upfront about things? And I am, you know, constantly looking at how I can improve my client experience and how I'm offering different um, aspects of business. And so, yeah, like I, yeah, it was about, um, in the beginning it was, uh, four hours for 3000 and now it is six hours for 5000. So made a bit of a shift. Plus like, I'm like a total expert at it now. And so mm -hmm. I think that I could just sit and dream and build client management systems all day, every day. And now I've even dabbled into like student management systems. Like if you have a group coaching program or stuff like that, cause those are having kind of a, a boom. Um, so mm -hmm. I've touched into those as well. And so that's been really fun, um, to do. Okay. I don't want to go too down this hole, but I, I'm just curious for my own. I'm sure yeah. people are wondering as well. So like, this is somebody who like, can you give us like this ideal person like Joe or Susie or whoever is like, they come to you and then like when they go through this intensive, you're going through and like creating everything for them. And then you give them like a document to help them or what, like what, what all do they walk away with or what is this totally. solution, I guess? Yeah. So what it looks like is, um, when they start, I have like a five step client experience plan. It's qualify, um, qualify, collect, create, comment, close. And so in the first, you know, part of them working with me is when I am collecting everything from them as far as contract invoice intake questionnaire, which my intake questionnaire is about four or five minutes to an hour. Um, and I get my clients to fill out the whole thing. And a lot of times they'll email me and be like, do you want more information? And I'm like, 
this is so interesting because everybody else I hear is like, I ask them five questions and my clients are complaining. Um, and so like, it's yeah. because I'm really big on managing expectations. I'm really big on the, you know, on the sales call, when you're signing the contract, all that stuff, I'm letting you know, hey, a 45 minute to one hour questionnaire is coming your way just be aware. Um, and so I'm constantly letting them know that so that when they get it, they're like, okay, like I remember she told me about this. And so I'm going to sit down and I'm actually going to do it versus a lot of clients like feel like it's a surprise or feel like all of a sudden you just like plopped a bunch of work down. And I just like to be really upfront about that. And so, um, so they do the questionnaire and then I do a little bit of pre-work before, and so I'm like researching and looking at the different software they're using, um, you know, what their offerings are as far as services, et cetera. And then I'm kind of building a little bit of a um, plan to then um, give to them upfront um, before we start the VIP day. So the morning of the VIP day, we're chatting through the plan and then we're literally going through and implementing the five steps that I talked about, the qualify, the collect, the create comment and the close, meaning, you know, every service has a qualifying part. So in your form, on your website, or through your Instagram or whatever, you're usually asking some questions because you have certain clients you work with and certain ones you don't, whether that's budget, whether that's if they have a team or not, whether that's they're in the wrong industry. And so you have to figure out how to automate the qualify phase as much as possible. Um, I use Dubsado um, as my kind of like client management um, hub. And what's nice is I can have certain questions that if somebody answers it a certain way, then they are going to not get a, um, uh, a scheduler to actually get time on my calendar because it doesn't make sense. Like um, for me, I work with people who do have teams. One-on-one, um, -on -one, I work with people who have teams. And so I have a question that's literally like, do you have a team? Yes or no? Um, doesn't matter, contractors or employees. And so if they say no, then I usually will just move them into either like, here's a reference for people who do help solopreneurs that does basically the exact same thing as me, but for solopreneurs, or also here's like a $97 course that you can just like walk yourself through and like do it yourself. Um, hmm. And so I, um, I go and figure out what their qualification phase is. And then we go through their collection phase, which again, like I work with like wedding planners, tutoring companies, interior designers, tax professionals. So there is an intake phase for them as well, whether it's agreements and payment and all of that, make sure that's fully integrated and automated as much as possible. And then we look into create and comment, um, which essentially is if you are like a copywriter and you are writing in somebody's website pages, so we would need to go through and create each create phase. So maybe phase, you know, create phase one is you do the welcome page first and then you get the comment phase, which is the client signs off on the fact that the welcome page has been done correctly and you can move on to the next create phase. The second create phase is the about page. Then you have a comment phase that is, okay, this about page is good. Then we have the services page. And so we kind of built out those Lego blocks and you have as many create and comment phases as needed for your service. And then you move into the close phase, which is okay, offboarding, the last payment, referrals, testimonials, all that sort of stuff. And so I help build all of that out um, in the six hour VIP days. Wow. I know. <laughs> I feel like we, <laughs> we've been trying to do that for, for our services, but it's been taking like months, right? It's yeah. not something that we've said, okay, let's sit down for like six hours and figure all this stuff out. Um, so yeah, that's truly, I mean, amazing that you can get that done um, in those six hours. Like you said, it's, you're worth the price that you pay just because like you're so efficient and you know, such yeah. a rock star at it. It's like, Oh, that's just not my forte. So, right. Exactly. And so, yeah, I think, and a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, I see people who, you know, will do this for $1,500, but it takes six weeks. And again, I like to use, I'm a big like analogies person. And so I like to think of it like the, um, for those of you who travel a lot, I'd love to travel. There's the regular security line and then there's TSA pre-check. Yes. And TSA pre-check, amen to TSA pre-check. TSA pre-check is where you get to skip this. If you don't know what it is, oh my gosh. You get to skip the security line. You don't have to take off your shoes. You don't have to take off your lap out your laptop. You don't have to take out your toiletries. You literally walk, put your bag, 
and move on. And it is the most glorious, I think it's like $80 or something for five years. It is the yeah. most glorious $80 I've ever spent. And you know, I, so you can totally have a free experience, which you're going to wait in line and deal with other people's gross feet and like, whatever. And I'm just <laughs> like, let me just keep myself <laughs> over here. And so I like to think of myself as the TSA security checkpoint version of you know, the client management systems. Cause again, you can get a slower experience in the sense of like, it takes, it's less money and it takes a little bit more time. But for those people who are like, listen, let's get in, get out. I don't want to play a mess with this for six weeks. I don't want to go back and forth and emails with this person. I don't want to do all that stuff. Like, great. I don't like back and forth emails either. So let's just knock it out together and, and have you move on to other areas of your business that you're actually wanting to like work on and be excited about. Uh, this is like a, another little jab. I was Christian and I flew to Austin a couple of weeks ago and I was even telling, oh, I was like, <clears throat> yeah, it was a lot of fun. And luckily we didn't need TSA because, uh, there was no literally there. nobody in line, <laughs> but I was just, I was telling him, yeah. I was like, yeah, my wife and I were actually going to get a TSA, TSA this summer. And then like COVID mm. happened obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I was like, dang it. This is like another, cause like you said, it's like 80 bucks for five years. years. This is like a, a no brainer. So um, no oh my goodness like especially if you travel a lot or you plan to travel a lot like it saves your whole life like i had to wait in a in a regular line like a year or two because i had forgotten something on the plane and so they wouldn't let me use my tsa pre-check to go back into the airport and it was at um jfk or LaGuardia or some crazy big airport and i was like oh my gosh, like you forget what it was like because when you're used to just like five minute, you know, passing throughs, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I was like, that is the best money I've spent in a long time. <laughs> so um, speaking of that, like, I feel like this is not like a white glove, like it's definitely more of a premium type service. Totally. So I think one of the biggest issues or one of the biggest problems people have or trying to figure out is like how to price something or how to, to like figure out, okay, am I pricing it by hour? Or am I pricing it by how I'm worth? Like, how did you come up with the pricing structure that you did? Totally. So my initial pricing of 3000 for four hours was honestly, my sales coach was kind of just like having me throw out numbers and I was making about 3,500 a month retainer. And so in my mind, I was like, how cool would it be if I could charge my retainer price for a day um, or really a half day? And she was like, great, that's what it's going to be. And I was like, uh. okay, um, okay. So it was a little bit of a like kick in the pants, honestly, was my first go at it. And so then once people start paying it, I was like, okay, it's priced fairly where it can be. Um, and I would say then, you know, when I started just like researching or people started doing this more, I would say most like six week client onboarding type intensives are around 1800. Um, and so again, for them to pay essentially a little over a thousand dollars more, um, to get it done in a day, I feel like is a huge benefit to people. Like that seems very no brainer. Um, and so then when I get to the more intricate businesses, um, then I was like, okay, for this next jump, like really like, again, seeing how much of an experience I've given other people, like, what do I feel like is rightfully how I should be, how I should be valued and how much time am I saving people and how much like just energy and all of that stuff. And Again, if people, I generally work with people whose clients tend to be the lifetime value tends to be around five to eight K. Um, mm -hmm. And so then I was like, okay, well, it would be a really easy justification for me to be like, dude, you could just sign one more client on and then that's my price. Yep. Um, so I really, the second time I did a little bit more of a, of an actual price analysis, um, than the first time. Um, but it just then allowed me to say, okay, I really like to stay in the sweet spot of like one to two of their clients or one or two of their services, that would be the price of my, of what I'm worth because it, it makes it very no brainer, but it's still at a point of like, I am premium, like we're doing this thing fast. Um, so it's a little bit of a balance. I don't necessarily have like a calculator per se, but I would definitely look at, you know, how you're spending your time, how much time your actual client is saving you um, and stuff like that. Because again, 
it's, it's less about your hours because your hours for your VIP days are completely different than your hours for like a monthly retainer. Because in your VIP day, they're not getting just implementation. They're getting strategy hours. They're getting like all of this experience um, from doing the other VIP days. And so it, I don't, I definitely do not encourage people to just like take their hourly and like times and times four or times and times six, because you're missing out on a lot of the juicy value. Like the fact that I've seen the behind the scenes of so many businesses and how they've operated and where teams tend to get stuck or where gaps are and I can anticipate those is a value. Just like I think a lot of people who work with agencies, there's so much value in working with agencies versus like a solo person because they're getting a, a total bird's eye view of multiple businesses. And so you actually get the benefits of basically like somebody who is inside of multiple businesses versus somebody who maybe has only worked with a few. And mm -hmm. so I think in the same realm of the fact that I do VIP days and I've done however many of them I've done and agencies who are constantly working with multiple clients at a time, there's synergy in the sense of like, you're getting somebody who really is an expert because they've done and have worked with so many different businesses. Yeah. Dang. That's a, that's good insight. I guess for us too. Yeah. I mean, it is really good uh, to be thinking about. So kind of shifting gears here a little bit, um, we're recording this in, uh, what is it, July. I was like, what month is this? We just had 4th of July here. July of 2020, we're going through a, like a global pandemic, and that's what one of the first things we were talking about is like, what'd you do over the 4th, and what have you been doing? Um, how has this affected your business, or have you changed anything, or has anything changed at all really with you with your business? Yeah, what's been interesting is when this first hit in March, um, March was actually my biggest financial month in business, which I think is so interesting because nice, again, like, thank you. And it's looking at, okay, I am like, I'm doing really well. My business is doing really well, but then like literally like the world is like, you know, in such disarray that it, it felt really weird to celebrate something that personally was happening. Um, but then again, like the environment, the world is kind of going through a bunch of stuff. And then, you know, I would say in my business, stuff hasn't changed per se. Right at the time that pandemic hit, I was actually shifting um, a little bit of business models into, I still do my, my VIP days as one-on-one, -on -one, but now I have a group coaching program. And so, you know, I launched literally like the week that everybody was told to be in their house. And I was like, this is fun. <laughs> um, and so, but we still had a really great launch Had 17 people join. Um, and yeah, it's been really fun and interesting to have to do a new business model while like adjusting to all of this, because also my marketing is a lot of in person. I love to go to events. Um, I love to connect with people, either speak or attend events. And so to literally be in my house, I've kind of gone a little stir crazy. Um, but it also has, has forced me to market myself in different ways because not that I wasn't marketing myself online um, because people did know me, but I always was trying to take that um, into an in-person um, type connection. So it's definitely shifted my marketing efforts, but it hasn't shifted too, too much of anything else in my business, um, thankfully. So but yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting uh, time period for sure. I've had a lot of like, I guess like two people removed pass away from COVID specifically um, in my dad's family. And then like my grandparents, best friends both passed away from it. And so it's, it is affecting a lot of people. And even um, my uh, fiance just actually lost his job um, last month, um, but he has some side hustles and stuff that he's still working on and doing. Um, so it is very much affecting my personal life for sure. Um, and I think that it's also important not to just let that totally, um, it, it shouldn't put a full lens over what you're doing because I truly believe that there will be like a resurgent, like we will go back to business semi as usual as much as we can and to not get so attached to how things are right now that you totally 
pivot your entire business. Um, mm -hmm. because again, there's, there's going to, it's going to balance back out eventually. Do I know when? Absolutely not. If I did, obviously I'd be making a lot of money off of it. I was going to say, if you do, please, please let but, us know. <laughs> but, uh, I think that there's too many people who are making these gigantic pivots and making these gigantic changes that then not to say that it's going to be, you know, not for a good reason, but it also is okay. If the pendulum swings. So if you swing the pendulum all the way this way, then like it's going to swing all the way back this way when it gets back to normal ish. So I kind of like to just, I like to just like pivot my little, my little stuff um, and, and not get too dramatic with it. Yeah. I mean, I, <clears throat> I think what you said is very smart and something that we did as well. Right. I mean, we're a digital yeah. agency, but a lot of our business did come from, you know, a lot of, one-on-one uh eye-to-eye yeah. -eye interaction you know um so for sure i think the you know the coronavirus has kicked us in the butt and said hey you guys need to finish out this you know and focus yeah. more on on the online avenue um so i think it's very smart that um you've done that and uh, any business that, that's listening to this right now um should be definitely paying attention to that and paying attention to um how to get those leads right online uh, so yeah. I think that's very important. I was going to ask you, how often do you look at, because I know you're talking about, you know, more of a systems and um, how often do you look at your business and think, oh, I think I can do this better or I, I think I can fix the system or I can add this a little bit in here. Um, how often do you do that? And then what does that look like for you and in, in your business? Oh, Christian. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you want to talk about, <laughs> right. You want to talk about some weaknesses. You know, I, um, I'm definitely a tinkerer by nature. Um, so my brain and it, and it drains even into my personal life. I'm like, why are we grocery shopping like this? We need to grocery shop like this. Like, it's like, okay, who cares? Um, but, uh, I think that what's interesting is what's helped me to stop doing that is hiring a team. Because the more I tinker, the more it messes all of them up and then it affects everybody. And so when you're a solopreneur, you can kind of tinker and it like doesn't affect you. Uh, however, when you start to have a team and other people are relying on what you're doing and like relying on the tools that you have and relying on, on the systems you've created, like to make pivots or to just like all of a sudden throw stuff in, like you can't really do that anymore. And so, um, you know, I've gotten a few of those, you know, hand on the stove scenarios with my team. of just like, why are you tinkering at this? We're trying to do this and you're mucking it up. Uh, and so I've, I've really tried to kick that habit. And if I feel the need to play with something, um, I make sure that it's something that is not like a currently running project. Uh, and it's just like play over here so that it's not messing with the actual flow and, and operations of stuff. So yeah, having a team will, will teach you a lot of things, but not to tinker is probably the, the biggest lesson I've, I've had to learn. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I probably know that well as myself, but I was going to say in, in your, the person who helped like coordinate all of this was amazing too. So just a oh, shout out you. to her. Good. Yeah. Trina's great. Um, what would you, so I guess this is kind of along, along the same lines here. What would you attribute like your success to? And I think, you know, success is defined differently for everybody, but what would you attribute the success for your business? Um, a couple things. One for sure. Like I make sure that I'm really grounded. Um, and I'm a person of faith. And so, you know, being in a relationship with God is very important to me, but also included in that is, you know, therapy, I'm like a really big fan of, which again is maybe not like the typical answer for this. Um, but when you're an entrepreneur, like your personal and your business life, like stuff gets really intertwined. Mm -hmm. And so I've really looked at having a therapist as like a essential part of like Jordan being able to do business. Um, and so grounding yourself first and like as a human being, um, whether it's therapy, whether it's meditation for some people, whether it's different avenues, that stuff has really been important to me. And the more I've leaned into those things, the better my business has become. Um, and on the, um, the business side is connections. So again, I 
love, love, love to connect with people. And I'm constantly like, oh, who do you know who does this or who does that? Or, you know, I probably send like 15 to 20 connection emails a week. Um, so, which is really fun for me and I thoroughly enjoy it. And so when people are looking for, you know, a new podcast editor or a new OBM or they're looking for a summit to do or whatever the case may be, um, I, I love to connect people. And so in business, I've seen that maybe that's the slower way to grow. Um, in the sense that, you know, if you are, and I don't want to say slower, it's slower in the beginning to grow, but then like it hits a point to where like it exponentially can thrust you forward. Um, mm -hmm. But it seems like if there's a lot more groundwork that has to be done when you're focused more on connections than the like Facebook ads or the like other marketing um, arenas that you can do because, you know, it's people. And so, but I, I kind of have always had in the back of my mind, like if somehow like the internet shuts down or like whatever, like I have a bunch of people's phone numbers that I can call or text and be like, yo, <laughs> the internet shut down, like whatever, like I need more clients or I'm going to pivot like this or whatever the case may be. And so that to me has made me feel really supported in my business because I think a lot of people, not that I don't, I do do Facebook ads. I do do a lot of the other marketing and like if I don't have control over that, but I have control over like who I'm connected to and who I can't just like text or who's just a text away. Um, so I would say those things have probably attributed to the success of my business um, the most. So really being grounded in, in what's important to me and then also um, being connected to people who lift me up and who are a positive part of my life. That's awesome. I think uh, this may be rooted in one of your uh, reasons for success too, but we've just doing some research and, we, and uh, wanted to make sure we add this, this question because I'm sure people are curious after they go look you up, but how many puzzles do you actually own? <laughs> uh, so what's interesting, what's funny about that is, so I, um, so many people have wanted to do a puzzle swap with me during quarantine. So I was like, you know, miss hot shot during quarantine because I had all the puzzles for everybody to do because puzzles had an outage for like three weeks. I was like, what kind of day and age are we in? Um, <laughs> so I probably own a good, a good 20,000 pieces. And then I probably have maybe half, maybe like 10, like 500 pieces, I would say. And I kind of like rotate and mix around. Wow. <laughs> are they all like different types of like, are they like abstract or are they like pineapples or like what, what are right. they? Yeah. So I would say, you know, I, I will say I've toyed around with the idea of, of starting a puzzle company because I feel like there is a lack of good puzzle artwork, but I, I would say generally they are like geometric patterns or landscapes. Those tend to be my, you don't like the geometric patterns? That just sounds That's so fun. hard. <laughs> I saw a puzzle on Facebook the other day that was like a clear puzzle. And I was like, I will never do that. Like a all clear the pieces puzzle? were clear, like acrylic. And so like uh -uh. whatever you're putting on, you know, the puzzle on is the puzzle basically. And I was just like, no, none of that sounds appealing to yeah. me. Yeah. I think I I'm going to start at like 250, like, you know, <laughs> or like, you know, maybe eight or something. <laughs> I know it's it's really funny because my my bonus son loves to do puzzles too, and so it's been fun because he has like sixty piece or like a hundred piece, and so I have to like bring calm myself down because I'll like get into like race mode and uh, and whatnot. So we'll do puzzles together and stuff like that. But yeah, puzzles are are definitely a big part of my life. That's how I like to spend my weekends and time with friends or stuff like that. So <laughs> big puzzler. Awesome. All right. Well, if you start a puzzle company, please let me know. I feel like, yeah, that's, I don't know. I feel like that's an untapped, like, I don't think there's like a, you know, a cool puzzle company, right? At least that I know. Of. I know. Yeah. And there, there's one that I found, I think called Jiggy Puzzles or something. I was like, that's a fun name. Um, and they had like four that you could choose from. And I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, I would love to do like ideal world. I would love to do like a puzzle that's connected to like a cause. And when you buy the puzzle, a certain percentage goes to that cause. So like SPCA would have like a picture of like puppies and you could do a puppy puzzle and like support the cause. Um, so I would love to do something like that, but 
time. That's yeah. funny. I think yeah, one of our <laughs> questions that we had here was like, if you were not an entrepreneur, you were not doing this, what else would you be doing? And I feel like this yes. would be yeah, perfect example. I would be a puzzler. <laughs> well, it, and it kind of fits into both of your worlds, right? You know, the nonprofit world, the entrepreneurial world and business owner. Plus yeah. that just has like a uh, millennial love, like written all over it with like oh fun puzzle gosh. and a giving back to a cause. It's like making every millennial happy listening to this right now. <laughs> totally. I agree. <laughs> all right. Tough question for you. Yeah. What purchase of a hundred dollars or less has positively impacted your life in the last six months or recent memory? Ooh, under a hundred, you said? A hundred or less could be 99.99. Yeah, it's, it's right under there. The cusp, yeah. the cusp. Um, man, I've bought a lot of stuff during this quarantine, man. Uh, <laughs> I honestly, I might say, <laughs> this is like, I don't know, silly, I suppose. But like, again, when you're in, contained in a house, there's a lot of noises and I'm a focused person. And so um, Beats headphones were having a sale. And I bought yeah. these headphones that for like $99 on Best Buy and they have been the best purchase because craziness, like laser, ca laser tag happening, running around the house, just put the headphones on. 99 bucks. Yeah. They literally went on sale and I was like, they're not like the coolest color, I suppose. And I think that's why I think they just had like a mass amount of them, but I was like, I don't really care about the color. I just care that. I don't hear anything that's going on now mm -hmm. in the house. So yeah, that was that was uh, that was probably probably one of the best purchases under around a hundred that uh, that I had, especially in the past six months. Dang. Okay. Cool. I'm kind of upset. So if you see that deal again, let me know because I <laughs> did you lose like I yeah. lost. Yeah, I've lost two pairs of Beats um, at this point. Actually, yeah. no, I think I, I have mine here too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh nice. Yeah. Pairs of, how do you lose two pairs of beats, man? Uh, well, the first one I think somebody stole, but the second one, pretty okay. sure, like as soon as quarantine happened, like we moved everything from the office and right. moved. So it's probably here or at my house. I don't know. So I haven't really looked too much, but it's not in my normal spot. So right. that's why. Yeah. But if I don't find them, I'm still in, I'm still interested in ninety nine dollar beats All regardless. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> totally. All right. Another one to make you think a little bit uh, before we get into something that were uh, really interesting. Um, in the last five years, what's a new belief, behavior, or habit that's most improved your life? Ooh. Um, so I am a bit of a trailblazer, and I like to um, – I, I definitely have beliefs around – like following other people's processes probably because I create a lot of processes. And so I feel like, you know, that's a hit to my ego if I'm following somebody else's process, God forbid. Mm -hmm. And so I, I had to, to shift my beliefs around that. Um, because again, I also have been in like this online marketing industry for six years. And so then again, the longer you're in something, you're like, I know everything, um, <laughs> you know, whatever. And I, I had to shift my belief around that because um, with adding this group coaching program, you know, I'd, I'd actually been a coach in a few different group coaching programs. So I've like seen them and understand generally how they work, but I joined um, a group coaching program to help you build a group coaching program. And I was like, like, we're just, we're just going to have to see how this goes. Like, we'll see. And I like doubled my investment in the first month. Wow. And, um, and I was like, okay, like, you know, total mindset shift of just like, even if something is my zone of genius, or even if I have been in an industry for a long time, there's something about following a proven process that just like can alleviate a lot of like the mistakes and the back and forth and the testing that you don't have to do. Um, and so, yeah, that was as funny as a, a mindset shift as that is because I'm, I'm like the creator of systems for a lot of people. It was hard for me to then want to follow somebody else's um, proven created system. So yeah, I would say that was a big one for me. Dang, that's awesome. And I think it's kind of a good reminder for us too. I mean, uh, yeah, you just don't want to be like, oh, I want to do everything. Then my stuff's going to look the exact same as theirs. Like uh, totally. we have co we have coaches who kind of keep just telling us that, you know, what makes us unique is ourselves. Even if the process is similar, that's the process. So I think it's just a good reiteration or like a good reminder for us on our end too. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, totally. All right. So since we've been in quarantine, I know that this is something that you've been doing because this is, I feel like everybody, their stock is through the roof anyway. Um, what's a current Netflix binge or, or I guess it could be Disney Plus, Prime, Hulu. Um, well, I've got it all. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Oh, man. So there's been a few. Um, one that I went through is Trial by Media. That's on Netflix. Um, and that is about, um, court cases that like basically were super slanted by like the media's perception of things, um, which is really fun. I love like true crime or stuff like that, but this one was really interesting. Like, um, it went behind like the Rob Blagojevich, um, Chicago scandal stuff that he was doing. Um, and then a couple other cases that I'd never heard of, but it was showing like how the media portrayed everything and how that affected then the results of the actual court case um whether it was like a jury member you know got removed or like again like the jury had already made up their mind based off of the media so then it wasn't really a, a true case like stuff like that so that was really good um and then i'm trying to think um if you're like more of a trash tv kind of person um i thoroughly enjoyed before the 90 days which is a show all about um, uh, like people from different countries who want to get married. There's like a K-1 visa process. It's on TLC, total trash. Like if you're just, it's absolute trash. Um, so if you're wanting your mind to melt, this is the show you should watch. And so um, I, it's fascinating to me, like human behavior type shows fascinate me. And I just feel like, I don't know what it would take for me to like, want to move to another country to marry somebody like I just like can't really process that and so right. it's so interesting to see like two completely different cultures trying to like navigate this whole situation so before the 90 days is um, the k-1 visas where like if somebody from France was coming over to marry me they would have 90 days in the states to get married to me and so before the 90 days is when the person from America goes and actually meets the person they've been talking to. So they haven't even met in person. They're somehow engaged. Fascinating. Wow. And they go to the other country and meet the person and see how they live and like operate and whatever else. It is juicy, you guys. So I've never seen a full yeah. episode, but I did watch clips on YouTube because of it was a big Ed. Oh, yes. <laughs> Big Ed. <laughs> What's uh, I guess I have to check this out because this yeah. sounds so... There's a, there's a lot of good clips on YouTube. They don't show you the full episodes, but there's a lot of good clips that you can kind of get the idea of like, okay, what's right, going on here. Um, oh, but totally. you know, yeah, it was very, very entertaining. Uh, to say the least. <laughs> These people were definitely like, like you said, uh, Jordan, like you, you have to, you can't even really put yourself in the situation where you would go and do that. So the person who does do it, like... Totally. <laughs> uh, the situation itself is kind of different, but then you have to think yeah. about the kind of person who would go and do that, that they're probably uh, a little bit different as well. Totally. Yeah, they are very different. And even there's one, I'll leave you with this teaser because it was just like super interesting. So there's this one guy on the show that has been talking to this Russian, like gorgeous, yes. blonde chick. And I'm like, okay. And he's gone to Russia four times and she's never shown up. Oh my and so god! He goes a fifth time, and she shows up, and you have to figure out if it's her or not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, maybe you should be writing uh, TV shows or something. Like this is like a cliffhanger now. I need to go find this <laughs> five <laughs> times to go and find. Oh. I just watched like a couple of those clips. That guy was yeah. crazy too. Like that guy was I mean, nuts. He was yeah. nuts. He was like they'd been talking for seven years through this like chat site that he was paying a hundred thousand dollars in the past seven years to have access to she didn't have a cell phone like it crazy yeah crazy. i was gonna say he has to be loaded because yeah pretty much oh my gosh so like then he guy's... gets her get this he gets her a cubic zirconia proposal ring what <laughs> probably because he was afraid watch. that he you shouldn't gonna... you just gotta watch it it's, yeah it's <laughs> he lost so, all of his money. I mean, he spent, you know, the size of the wedding ring on all these trips. That's why. Oh, right. okay. Yeah. Well, well, we will have to chat about that. I don't, that has nothing to do with systems, but it is definitely <laughs> interesting. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> is there anything that we missed that somebody who is a service provider or um, solopreneur, anything like that, that they should, that you should be telling them or that you feel like we missed out on if they're listening to this podcast? I want to make sure that they get everything that they possibly could for by listening. Yeah, I think um, one thing is if you're like, oh, I don't know if I would want to fully switch over to VIP days or intensives. Um, I have a lot of people who actually will do an intensive more as a um, qualifying offer mm -hmm. and less of just like the only offer. So basically they still have their monthly retainer um, and whatever they talk about and they actually put an intensive as a buffer to ensure that they enjoy working with this client, that this client and them like jive or whatever, and then they get access to the monthly retainer. So they actually put it as a front end, like, um, again, it just qualifies your clients a little better um, to be able to actually like experience them, them working because it's one thing because a lot of people bring their representatives to you know, their sales calls. Um, and then you start working with them and it's like, what is even happening? Um, and so putting that qualifying offer in front of your monthly retainers is also a good way for you to save yourself from potential crazies. Um, and also get like paid essentially to be like, no, you're not a good client. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which is nice. Well, yeah. That's well, it's really smart. Yes. And you can do it for a little a period of time and still take the cash at that point. So not yeah. a bad <laughs> Great job. Exactly. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jordan. How can people find out more about you and System Save Me? Yes. So I am all about the gram. Instagram is totally my jam. Spend a lot of time on there. Um, and so my name is System Save Me. Pretty easy to find. Um, but it's me up in my DMs. And I post a lot of content on IGTV um, and try to share interesting happenings on stories and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, I would say Instagram is like the main place, but you can find me anywhere. System Save Me, Facebook and, and my website, stuff like that. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jordan. This was a ton of fun. Appreciate it. Yes, it was so fun. Thank you guys so much for having me. The Marketing Natives Podcast is a production of Bit Branding. 